What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast. I am, of course, your host who does the most, Ethan Smith. I hope you guys are all having a phenomenal Thursday. And on today's episode, the Baseball America Top 100 Prospects list was released yesterday. And there's some interesting notes to take here on the Pirates that they had four prospects in the top 100. We'll talk about each of those prospects and why they deserve to be there. And also why some names that some Pirates fans might panic about that are not in that top 100 list, but we shouldn't panic because they are still integral parts of what the Pirates are trying to build. Also on today's episode, spring training is about a month away. Pitchers and catchers report next month. And we're going to take an early look at some of the things that are going to be very, very prominent in terms of how spring training will be for the Pittsburgh Pirates, what position battles will be taking place, and some names of players that might make some noise down in Bradenton, Florida at Lacom Park. More on that soon. But again, thank you for tuning into the Locked On Pirates podcast. I am your host, Ethan Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates. And with that said, guys, let's get into today's show. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to that Pirates podcast. Again, I am your host, Ethan Smith, who does the most. Hope you guys, again, are having a phenomenal Thursday. Um, The month of January is flying by, which is a good thing for baseball fans, good thing for me, good thing for you guys, because that means catchers and and reporters, yeah, I mean, technically reporters, too. Pitchers and catchers are reporting soon. Spring training is right around the corner. The World Baseball Classic is also right around the corner. And with that, comes prospect rankings. And when it comes to me, I I take prospect rankings with a grain of salt because a lot of the time you go back using Baseball America or MLB Pipeline or whoever you use, Baseball Savant, whoever you use, Fangraphs, whatever. A lot of times with these rankings, people overreact. They see that a guy isn't in the top 100 or the top 10 for the Pirates or the top 100 for MLB, and that means this guy's a bust. Now, Baseball America personally gets it right a lot of the time, in my opinion. Their rankings are usually pretty good. They give valid reasons on why the rankings are the way they are. They break it down by team, by position. They give you projected lineups for the future. Like I actually looked at a 2026 projected lineup for the Pittsburgh Pirates. But I'm also here to tell you it's 2023. Nobody can really predict what the Pirates are going to look like in three years. Fully. Now, you could predict, based off of top prospects in the system, what guys are going to be here. And four names, of course, were featured in Baseball America's Top 100 Prospects list that came out yesterday. Andy Rodriguez was the highest ranked of all of them. Andy Rodriguez, of course, we're going to probably get our first glimpse at him at the major league level this year. His ETA shifted up from 24 to 23 after he was uh, after being one of the best catchers in all of minor league baseball last year. So he has taken a phenomenal leap and obviously being 23rd in their top 100. I believe he was third or fourth 
on the catcher list uh, for the prospect uh, catcher list. So that's a big thing for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And the thing with Andy Rodriguez, it's very interesting is I'll skip over one and then go to Henry Davis, who ranks 73rd. It's a very nice thing to have two very good catching prospects. But as most of you already know, Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez, one of the two is going to have to move. You are not going to have a two-headed monster of catchers when you have other needs around the diamond. I think Andy is still the guy that makes that shift uh, away from the catcher position. We've seen him play outfield in the past. That's something that could possibly be of importance to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Maybe first base once Santana and Choi get on their way, because again, we know Carlos Santana and G-Man Choi are not the long-term options at that position. Maybe Henry Davis moves to that position. One of the two is going to move at some point. Henry Davis, of course, first round pick from two years ago. Um, very, very big pick by the Pittsburgh Pirates. A shocking pick as well. It was under slot at the time. He could have a chance to debut this year, but I would definitely throw my money more at Andy Rodriguez debuting this year before I throw it at Henry Davis. Henry Davis, of course, being more of the season bat. I just want to see more of defensive improvement from Henry Davis before we see him at the major league level. But again, the Pirates don't really need defensive help anymore. They have good defensive outfielders. They have Key Brian Hayes, who's arguably the best defensive third baseman in all of baseball and should have won a gold glove last year. They don't really need the defense. They need bats and bats play in this lineup. So we'll see how Henry's bat also plays this year in 2023. And it's going to be something we look at with Andy Rodriguez as well, because we looked at it all last year with O'Neill Cruz. He struggled a little bit in AAA, eventually came up, struggled at the major league level as far as batting average goes, but definitely had good metrics elsewhere and was a stat cast wizard. But we will kind of see how that all rolls out for those two guys. Andy Rodriguez, again, I think we see him at some point. Um, of course, Austin Hedges right now is the starting catcher. Tyler Heineman is still on the roster, but he's not on the 40-man roster. So we'll see what the Pirates decide to do with that backup catcher option. Uh, I would assume they maybe try to bring back Roberto Perez or bring back another option. We'll see what they decide to do. Henry Davis, on the other hand, I think they let him sit in the minors for as long as they possibly can at the at the AAA level, preferably. Let him season himself defensively. Let him get that back going. Let him stay healthy. That's another big thing. He did have some injuries in 2022 that sat him back a little bit. But again, he was just a first-round pick two years ago. Let's not rush the process here. Now, speaking of this, since I jumped over him, Termar Johnson made the top 50 in Baseball America's top 100 prospects at 49. We all know Termar Johnson. Of course, he was the number four overall pick this past draft. Uh, arguably the best bat from that draft, one of the best guys that the Pirates could have drafted at that spot, um, and a lot of a lot of hype around Termar Johnson, but clearly among these top four guys that are in this uh, list on Baseball America, Termar Johnson's still, I'd say, about two or three years away. Uh, he's a high school bat as well, so that's another thing that kind of sets him back on the timeline of being here quicker. But again, Termar Johnson will eventually include himself into this loaded middle infield mix that the Pirates are going to have with the likes of Nick Gonzalez, Leover Piguero, um, G1 Bay, Rodolfo Castro, Neil Cruz. He's going to eventually add himself to that list. It's just, where does he play? 
Does he stay in the middle infield? Does he have the versatility to move to the outfield? These are all questions that we can't really answer right now because Termar is so young. He can end up playing anywhere. I always love to go back to Mookie Betts, who was a second baseman for most of his young baseball career, shifts to the outfield when he goes to Los Angeles, and now he's one of the better defensive outfielders in all of baseball and one of the better players in all of baseball. So you never truly know where these guys are going to play, and that also goes back to Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis. One of those guys is going to be a catcher. It just depends on which one the Pirates want to be at the catcher spot behind the backstop that can help this young pitching staff as much as possible when they get here. The other one, you kind of cross that bridge when you get there. It's one of those things where where does this team have a need the most? I would say first base, again, that's the spot that I go back to either for Andy or Henry Davis. Um, either one of them could slide over there, I would think and do well. Uh, Andy Rodriguez, I think a little bit better. I like his defensive acumen a little bit more than Henry Davis. So we'll see how that all kind of shakes out. Um, And then to round out the top 100, you have Luis Ortiz, who again was another major surprise from the Pittsburgh Pirates prospect list last year. Again, it was Mike Burrows. It was Carmen Majinski. It was Quinn Priester, the likes of those guys. But Luis Ortiz, as the season kept going and as the season kept kind of progressing he only got better and his stuff is phenomenal um i think he has a very good chance to be a starter in this league if he doesn't he will be a phenomenal reliever especially a long uh long relief reliever three or two three inning guy or even a setup guy to david bednar he he has a lot of versatility in that spot mainly because of the fastball I mean, his fastball is ridiculous. I mean, we saw a top out at 99, almost 100, I believe, at one point. He generally throws it in that 96 to 97 range. But that kind of stuff plays at the major league level, especially when you have movement on it, too. If he could get some good movement on that fastball, he can have some success with it. And then his secondary pitches as well, those are only going to get better. Those are only going to be things that are going to get better for Luis Ortiz. As far as that goes with Luis Ortiz, I don't know if he makes the starting rotation right away. Again, we saw the Pirates pick up Rich Hill and Vince Velasquez. They already have Brubaker, Keller, and Contreras. That's probably your starting rotation, but we'll kind of see how that shakes out. But we're going to talk a little bit more about that later when we get into the spring training talk, because spring training, again, is right around the corner, which means baseball is right around the corner. And I know you guys love betting on baseball, and you can do so. At Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one place to do all of your sports betting this year. Of course, they have info, stats, news, analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football playoffs to basketball to hockey. They've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info on whatever games you may need. I am a Los Angeles Clippers fan, so I threw some money at them yesterday to cover against the Utah Jazz. It didn't exactly work, um, so don't maybe take my betting advice. But going into the year, we're going to definitely be talking about betting a little bit more because this is a competitive Pirates baseball team. Some of these games might be a little fun. You might be getting a little money on the or action on the money line for Pittsburgh victories rather than Pittsburgh covering or losing. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action and bet online is where the game starts. So before we get into the spring training talk as well, um, one thing that I wanted to talk about 
were the the big names that we didn't see in the top 100, which I saw a lot of panicking. I saw a lot of di- dismorse or remorse. There we go. Dismorse. Dismorse is not a word. Saw a lot of remorse towards it. I saw a lot of different opinions on it. Quinn Priester, Nick Gonzalez, and Leover Piguero were kind of those big names that a lot of Pirates fans have clinged on to for quite some time because they're names that we know. Of course, we've had Nick Gonzalez on this podcast before, um, way, way back when he's grown as a player since. Leover Piguero, we got a little taste of him at the major league level last year, if we remember that uh, moment. And Quinn Priester, arguably one of the bigger guys that they've had in the system for a while at the pitcher spot, falls out of the top 100 in Baseball America. Now, this goes back to my sentiment earlier that I'm not that big of a guy on rankings. Just because Peguero, Gonzalez, and Priester fell out of the top 100 in Baseball America or any, any prospect rankings list does not mean that they're busts. Because how could we say that when we've never really seen them play at the major league level? The only one we've seen out of that big three is Lee over Peguero. And we saw him for like two games. And I think he only had like two at-bats in those two games. So we can't really say much yet. Now, do all three of those guys have a chance to be on this roster this year? Of course they do. Uh, Quinn Priester being probably the most prominent of that group, along with the likes of Mike Burrows, who we've also had on this podcast before, Um, Carbon Majinski, Cody Bolton. We mentioned Luis Ortiz already. Um, there's a lot of pitching action going on here, but you've seen a lot of the position players that the Pirates had been talking about for some time, like O'Neill Cruz, Key Brian Hayes, Jack Sawinski, uh, Rodolfo Castro, G1 Bay. You've seen a lot of those guys already kind of bring themselves up to this level. Now the guys that are behind them are going to be more supplemental pieces rather than I would say guys that are going to fly off the wall and make you think, holy crap, this team can win a World Series. I'm not saying Piguero and Gonzalez aren't better than what we've seen from the likes of Sawinski, Kanan Smith and Jigba, Mitchell, Marcano, Castro, or whatever, but you're going to have to get looks at them eventually, right? That goes back to the argument that I made last year about Travis Swaggerty, who we barely ever saw, and he's another guy that the Pirates are going to have to get looks at at some point this year, So when these guys come up, the thing that's going to be the best about all of this is the battles that you're going to see between these guys. Because it's not just, oh, Nick Gonzalez and Leo Piguero come on and you're going right into second base and shortstop. The Pirates have figured some of these positions out. As of right now, third base is fine. Um, Shortstop is fine. Pitching is looking really good right now. And the outfield has a lot of options, not great options, but there's a lot of stuff going on out there right now. So you look at where these guys fall into the mold again, falling out of the top 100 on a prospect list is not a death sentence. Trust me. It's not a death sentence for a prospect at all, because again, every prospect that we ever see come through this system is a project and a dartboard that you are trying to hit a bullseye on. And even hitting a bullseye is taking it a bit far because hitting a bullseye is like hitting Mike Trout, Tyler Glasnow for Tampa Bay, Wander Franco. That's hitting a bullseye. Adley Rushman. 
you just want to get around that bullseye, kind of in that little circle, you know, when you shoot darts, you have that circle closest to the bullseye, but not the bullseye. That is the best case scenario, nine times out of 10 on a prospect. Worst case is you don't hit the board at all. So I wouldn't exactly panic too much about these guys dropping out because it's not like we're not going to see these guys play. You're going to get to see Priester play. You're going to get to see Gonzalez play. You're going to get to see Piguero play. You're going to get to see Burroughs play. You're going to get to see all of these guys eventually come up, add to what the Pirates already have at the major league level in some capacity, hopefully positively, and see what they can do. I mean, it's just something that the Pirates have working at their advantage right now is they don't have to bring up Nick Gonzalez. They don't have to bring up Leo Piguero or Quinn Priester right away because they have enough young talent that they still, one, need to get looks at in terms of how good they're going to be for the future, and two, some good veteran talent on this team. And that's one thing that they did very well this offseason, and I've said it a million times, was going to go out and getting some veteran help on this team so that the young guys have somebody up to look to, but also veterans that you can rely on to eat innings, like Vince Velasquez and Rich Hill, or be a good bat in the lineup, like a G-Man Choi or Carlos Santana. And then they bring back Andrew McCutcheon, who's going to, no doubt, be an impactful player on this team in some way, be it off the field, on the field, or both. So the Pirates offseason has been very good. And you look, again, don't panic at these prospect rankings. Andy Rodriguez being that high is phenomenal. Termar Johnson, Henry Davis, Luis Ortiz, that's something to be proud of as a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. But don't let Priester Gonzalez and Peguero being out of the top 100 Ruin your mood about where the prospects are for this team. They have a very good farm system. It is notable across multiple platforms by people that know what they're talking about that this Pirates system is a good system that is eventually going to get the Pirates back into a contending window. When that happens, I don't really know. Today's episode, by the way, is also brought to you by... Locked on MLB prospects, and thank you for making Locked on Pirates your first listen every day. So, but Go listen to Locked on MLB Prospects as well since we're talking about him here. You can get even more prospect insight from host Lindsey Crosby because he is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So we talked about that in the prospect rankings. Another thing to add to this is what I mentioned earlier. Spring training is right around the corner. And... I, I start sounding like a broken record, but this is going to be my sec third third spring training as the host of the Locked on Pirates podcast because I started late October, so I got 2021 last year and this year. Um, well, I don't remember if they had spring training in 21. I can't remember, actually. Um, I believe they did. I, I, I can't remember. That's so long ago, and so much has happened with the Pirates since then. 2023 spring training for this Pittsburgh Pirates team, as I said last year, is going to be very fun. I mean, last year I said it was the funnest in a while. This one takes the cake uh, for a multitude of reasons. I looked back again. Let's backtrack to what I was talking about earlier. Luis Ortiz, again, is a top 100 prospect, according to Baseball America. He has the stuff to be a starter in this league. He has the stuff to be a long reliever or a setup guy, maybe even a closer 
in this league. I think he's that versatile in the stuff that he's working with. So when you look at where the Pirates' position battles are going to be the biggest when it comes to spring training in Bradenton at Lakeham Park and Pirate City, of course, pitching obviously is going to take center stage, um, I think, because you already look at the starting rotation. You're going to have Mitch Keller, who, interestingly enough, has not been approached to about an extension yet, although he's not a unrestricted free agent until 2026, so maybe they're waiting a while for that. He improved mightily last year, had his best year as a major leaguer, no doubt, last year in 2022. We'll see what he can add to that in 23. Contreras was a hot name last year. Started the year in Pittsburgh, got sent back down, comes back up as a starter, plays phenomenally. Then you add Rich Hill, Vince Velasquez. They're going to both be in the rotation. You know that's a thing already. Then you get to that fifth spot, and I would assume it would be JT Brubaker who probably gets that fifth spot. But there's an argument to be made that Johan Oviedo, Luis Ortiz, Bryce, or not Bryce Wilson, Quinn Priester, Mike Burrows. There's names that the Pirates are going to be keying in on, on spring training for the pitching staff on the back end of that rotation because there's questions there. But what else does that do for you? That also allows you to move some of these guys to the bullpen, like a Luis Ortiz, like a Johan Oviedo, those kind of guys, where you already have a bullpen that's going to probably feature the likes of Jose Hernandez, David Bednar, Colin Holderman, Will Crow, Jarlin Garcia, you know, I have the list in front of me. Chase DeYoung, Robert Stevenson, Johan Ramirez, Charlon Garcia. Um, but then you also get into it where, again, you have Ortiz, Colin Selby, Yuri De Los Santos. There's position battles to get into that bullpen because, again, the rotation, as I mentioned, is more than likely going to be Keller, Contreras, Hill, Brubaker, Velasquez. No issue there with that at all. That's a pretty solid rotation if you ask me. So these guys are going to have to fit into the mold somehow. So who separates themselves in spring training could really, really push them towards that. The other one, I would say, without argument, is probably the outfield. Uh, your starting outfield mix to start the year is probably going to look like Reynolds, Sawinski, McCutcheon in some capacity. That's what I would assume it would be. You'll probably see Sawinski in left field, Reynolds in center, and Kutch in right field. That's what I would probably opt to. Maybe you swap Sawinski uh, and McCutcheon at some point. Maybe they decide to do that. But then you also look at Connor Joe, a guy they got from Colorado who they formally drafted and now traded for from the Colorado Rockies. They come and get him. You have Miguel Andujar. You have Jiwan Bay. You have Cal Mitchell, Marcano, Smith and Jigba. There's a lot of guys that are going to be playing for 26-man roster spots and even maybe 40-man roster spots when it comes to how the Pirates are going to look in the outfield in 2023. And that's not even counting the guys below that tier, like Matt Frazier, Connor Scott, Travis Swaggerty, who are also going to need to get looks in that outfield mix. And you can't carry a lot of outfielders. You, you, you can, and they likely will, but you can't carry so many that you're taking spots away from the infield that you're going to need due to injury or due to 
having too many spots in that outfield, a pitcher in the bullpen goes down, and now you have to push one of those guys down to bring up just a pitcher. It's one of those things that, albeit sounds like a little bit of a negative, is very much a positive. Because you know that the Pirates, as of right now, have, I would say, at least four viable outfield options. Reynolds, Sawinski, McCutcheon, and Joe. And Duhar didn't look bad when he came here at the at the back end of last year. We'll see what he does, but I also like him more in the infield. But he definitely can play the outfield as well. Jiwon Bay is a very fast guy. He could play out there too. That's another option that could play either infield or outfield. The Pirates have a lot of versatile guys on this roster. So for spring training especially, I think pitching in the outfield are going to take center stage. And then, of course, you're going to be looking at key Brian Hayes and seeing where his bat is and seeing if that offensive production can improve. You're going to see if O'Neill Cruz kind of changes his approach at the plate a little bit. Brian Reynolds, if he can just get going and start the season hot rather than he started the season last year cold. And then pitching-wise, too, does Mitch Keller come into spring training and look better or about the same as he did last year? Does Contreras look better? How do Rich Hill and Velasquez look in spring training after putting out and shelling some money out to him? Same thing with Carlos Santana. He shelled out $6 million to Carlos Santana. Let's see if he can kind of start spring training a little bit on the warm side and get things rolling for himself and be a viable DH option for this team in 2023. There's a lot of different things to be looking at for spring training this year. And with it so close, I am going to probably start doing kind of like a positional analysis on everything we'll be looking at for spring training for the next couple of weeks. But with that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Locked On Pirates podcast today here on Thursday, January 19th. You guys are phenomenal. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and I will see you on the flip side.